Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 377. We've got a great special guest. We've got Amanda Northcutt, joint founder of MemberUp, and we're going to be talking all things about retention connected to your membership site, an important subject. Uh, Amanda, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, sure. I have been uh, in the membership space for about 15 years, and I am Right now, kind of a revenue funnel strategist for membership sites and subscriptions or people who are switching from a course to a membership, for instance. So I have a consultancy. And then we also have a little uh, reporting tool, engagement reporting tool for membership sites using WordPress as well. That's great. And I've got my great co-host with me, Cindy Nicholson. Cindy, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Sure. Hi, everyone. It is Cindy Nicholson here from thecoursewhisperer.com, and I help entrepreneurs that want to create awesome online courses. That's great. And before we go into the main part of the interview, folks, I'd like to mention one of our great sponsors, and that's Kinster Hosting. And Kinster is only a WordPress hosting provider. And what do you, what's special about Kinster? Well, that, like I say, they only specialize in WordPress they use the Google Cloud hosting framework to host all their sites on. So you get the best technology, their interface, and the options that they offer are superb, like one-click backup, um, staging site, latest version of PHP. And also their technical support is some of the best uh, in the industry Big enough to have all the technology, small enough to still care. Um, if that's if you're a consultant, got a membership site, e-commerce, and you're looking for quality hosting, I can't recommend Kingston more. We host the WP Tonic website on that, and we've been totally happy. So go to kinsta.com and find out some more. So Amanda, retention um, and problems with it. A bit of a dirty word in the membership. <laughs> website industry isn't it it brings a tear to membership website's owner's face doesn't it Mm -hmm. so um how what can be done about it amanda what's that's a great question that's a really complicated one to unpack (laughs) um so churn reduction is it's a huge theme on membership sites we see that in our consultancy and people are get they get to the point where they're losing more members than they're bringing on every month and that's kind of the beginning of the end of a membership site And so right now, I've kind of been talking a lot about how setting expectations in your marketing really, really translates to long-term success or lack thereof. So for instance, if you, you know, if somebody sets the expectation really, really high to get you to buy something, you get really excited by the marketing, you make the purchase, and maybe it's a one-time purchase. If you get let down, maybe you ask for a refund. Most people don't. But you know, it's a one-time purchase, so they can honestly kind of screw you over a little bit um, if, if they want to. And so, but with your membership or subscription-based marketing, you really have to set the expectation from the outset of what people can expect within your membership site. And then you want to not only meet those expectations, but exceed them. So we call that under-promising and over-delivering. So I think that's really kind of your foundation for your membership site is 
understanding over time what your members do, who are your most successful, your brand evangelist, um, people who spend the most money with you. I call those power users. So you want to understand what those people really find to be the most important things about your site. What keeps them coming back time after time? You know, what's the most important course or feature or live call? Or is it your discussion forum or private Facebook group that keeps them coming back? And then you want to kind of reverse engineer your marketing from that, right? So if your marketing promotes the things that your power users like most about your membership or subscription, and you market those, you're going to attract those people who are most likely to become power users in the future. So you want to advertise the best things about your site according to your power users. And then you want to try and with your, with your onboarding, your lead nurturing, and then onboarding, try and get those new members to adopt that same feature adoption path that your power users took. So you want to show value immediately. So the key is kind of understanding, then reverse engineering your marketing and lead nurturing from there, and then taking new members on the path to become a power user. Does that make sense? It certainly does. Cindy? Yeah, Yeah, so I I think that's a really good perspective is really, rather than you thinking about what they're going to like, really see what your users are already doing and and kind Mm -hmm. of leverage the marketing around that. So, so that's, I think that's really crucial. So, so you talked a little bit about onboarding. So you've got, mm-hmm. you, you've, you've marketed to the people who are, you know, that you hope to be your power users. They've signed up. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that, that you can do in your, that onboarding experience to really kind of help solidify the relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. So the thing, so usually what happens when somebody gives over their email address in exchange for an asset, we call that a lead magnet, right? So top 10 tips on how to um, build your first hand-carved chair or something like that, okay? So somebody downloads your lead magnet in exchange for that asset. They're now on your email list. And we really, really advocate strongly for then kicking off a lead nurture sequence, not just putting them on your newsletter list to receive the occasional updates. You want to try and nurture them along toward a sale um, and, and make appropriate asks as time goes on through that lead nurture. And you want to promote those, you know, say five to seven top features or things that your power users have identified as most important. Okay. So you kind of paint a picture there in your lead nurture um, using foundational desires. So Seth Godin talks a lot about this. So you want to not tell them, you're going to love this feature. um, And here's how it works. You're going to say, here's how I'm going to change your life, you know, insert desired outcome for your members. And, you know, talk to them about why they need that and um, kind of how your site brings them that foundational desire. Okay, so then hopefully your lead nurture sequence works and they purchase your membership. And then you have your onboarding sequence. And so that's typically a series of emails and maybe videos on your site um, to help someone adopt that feature path to become a power user. So your onboarding should really mirror your lead nurture sequence, right? Because you want um, a new member to recognize value as quickly as humanly possible. Just in that first email, you want to send them to your site um, to the best thing about your site, right? Whether that's getting involved in your community or here's where to start. But really, again, taking that lead nurture sequence, mirroring it in your onboarding. And so now you're saying, okay, well, you're in now. You're behind the paywall. And so I told you why you needed these things and that I'm going to give them to you. And then your onboarding should just say, here's how to go get them. You're going to make, you know, the 
lowest barrier to entry way for people to achieve what you promised over time. So you want to not overwhelm people. Um, People are busy, so you need to have an understanding of your audience and what's appropriate as far as the amount of information you push at them. Um, You really want to kind of like pull them through this feature adoption path, not push, push, push and overwhelm. Um, So you want to, in your onboarding, have, you know, sequence of emails. Some people say five to seven emails. I'm more of like a 11 to 15 over the course of the first three months. So first you want to go on feature adoption. You want to ask for feedback in each of those, uh, or not in each of those. You want to make yourself easy to reach in each of your onboarding emails, right? So at the bottom, just say, hey, I'm a real person. Hit reply. I'm here to help. Do you want to have that personal element and kind of build that relationship? Um, So it's really imperative then that you don't send your onboarding sequence from an email that you can't reply to. That's a big no-no. Um, a video, a welcome video is a really smart move too. I mean, a lot of people don't take full advantage of their thank you page. When somebody, you know, clicks the buy button and puts in their credit card, use that page, that payment confirmation page with a video of yourself talking like, Hey, thank you so much. You made a great decision here. You want to affirm the purchase, um, and then tell them what the next steps are. So in the onboarding sequence, you're furthering, you're further solidifying the expectations that you set in the marketing. And then you're not only meeting the promises you made in the marketing, you're exceeding them. You're making it personal. Um, you're trying to get them toward value recognition very quickly and into like a high engagement. Um, well, for member score, we would say a high engagement score. You know, you want to see how people are interacting on your site. And beyond the onboarding, you have to know how engaged or disengaged your members are so you can send them appropriate messaging moving forward. Like you don't want to in, um, invite someone who's only been to your site twice in three months to purchase your annual membership, right? Um, you want to probably kick off a re-engagement email sequence for them. So that was a very long answer to your short question, but does that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I think that that it's funny because often people are talking about, you know, membership sites as being the Holy grail and, and, you know, you just have money coming in you know, <laughs> month after month without having to do anything. But uh. the key is that you have some sort of engagement you know, sequence or process to kind of help people be engaged just because they bought it doesn't mean they're going to continue to continue to do it. So having that onboarding that you're talking about, having those series of emails, I think is really important. So, so thank Mm -hmm. you for that. Uh, Jonathan. Yeah. So Amanda, so getting the impression um, when, and maybe you can confirm this with your experience or there's some figures out there. um, The key sign is that, so I, I get the feeling you're saying there's a lot of people that buy and then they don't really do much with, you know, with the purchase, with the buying of the membership. And the more that you can get them engaged on a certain pathway, which you have designed, mm-hmm. uh, the more, the less churn you're going to get. So am I correct in what I surmise that um, there is a lot of people that buy a membership package and then they do nothing with it? Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, I mean, it depends from site to site. I mean, different membership sites have different expectations for levels of engagement. You know, if you are um, running a hobbyist membership site for retirees, you might expect a much higher level engagement. Um, It's just a little bit more passive uh, and not as as urgent, for instance. Um, So the answer to your question is definitely Yes. And that happens most often because the membership sites that we see a lot of the time coming through our consultancy is that there's not that proper expectation setting from the marketing. There's not the 
feature adoption path in the onboarding and ongoing engagement tracking. Um, so a, a huge barrier there is just getting systems in place and having kind of the business chops to put these things to, to reverse engineer this sequence and then actually implement it um, to produce results. So yeah, that's, that's a huge barrier that we see a lot of the time is. Mm-hmm. And is price um, a factor, isn't this, you know, as the more higher price courses, I would imagine that, you know, the people that sign up for them are a bit, more motivated and ask a lot more questions or or am I wrong? Am I uh, I'm not no. correcting that? <laughs> That's a good question. And again, it goes back to the type of membership. So who's paying the bill is a big one. So if you have a B2C um, membership site, people are going to have higher expectations typically. So people who are typically paying less have higher expectations. So if you have this one-to-one person, they're seeing the charge on their credit card every month, those sites actually tend to have higher expectations for um, like deliverables and value and results than say um, an employee whose employer is paying the bill. Um, And so there it's not, there's no skin off their back, you know, so they're not paying the bill. So they're typically um, slightly less engaged than those individuals and don't have as much, they don't have any skin in the game. They don't have stake in it. And so again, that it really varies. Uh, We see it really up. it's really disparate. It's across the board. I think we're going to go for our break, folks. We'll come back. We're going to be delving more into this subject with Amanda Northcote, joint founder of Member Up. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a good discussion initially with Amanda Northcutt. I'm sure the second half is going to be as the quality. Over to you, Cindy. So as a membership expert, um, would you say that there's certain elements that a membership program should have like are there are there elements that they that each mm-hmm. membership that when you're looking at it that they should absolutely have as part of the membership can you kind of give us what your ideal structure would be absolutely that's a really great question so i kind of preach on eight different systems for membership sites the first being marketing and so the very short version of that is um, find your tribe. Where are they? Um, and I'll actually offer you guys, uh, your listeners, my my ebook on membership marketing. Um, you guys can grab a free copy, and it outlines kind of my top twenty one um, marketing or acquisition channels really for membership sites this year, and kind of how to start testing those. But the idea here is to find two to four um, marketing channels that are viable for your membership. So that's you know they're they're profitable and reliable. Um, it's kind of how I define that viable marketing channel. Um, so get your marketing right, get the right people on the bus, a famous football coach once said, right? And um, get the right people on the bus and then pull them through that feature adoption path. So we have marketing and lead nurturing, okay? Make your promises. Um, and then when they actually click the purchase button, 
make them happy that they did so. Uh, so you want to underpromise and overdeliver with marketing, lead nurturing, and then onboarding is kind of the third system. Um, the fourth system that is absolutely imperative for a membership or a subscription that's different than you know course sale is, um, or not necessarily, but if you're making you're asking for repeated purchases within your course sales, then this is important. But otherwise, engagement tracking is huge. Um, you you really want to avoid as much churn as possible, right? And so that voluntary or engagement related churn is um, often able to be preempted by kicking off an appropriate re-engagement sequence to draw that person back into your site um, because you owe it to them to deliver the value that you promise. So you want to do that. And then content creation is huge. Um, highly, highly important ongoing situation for a membership site, obviously. So you want to have a content calendar um, for what's happening uh, in front of your paywall and then also uh, what's going on with your content marketing. So I, I like those to sort of mirror each other. It makes it really easy to strip out content that you're putting in front of your paying members for those who are you're hoping will become members. Um, so having a content creation calendar, who's doing what, when, how. Uh, and then the next system, number six, community management is huge. You know, community, having a thriving community is a huge differentiator uh, between a, a course and a membership. So um Mike Morrison with the membership guys, they are fantastic. Um, they have a membership for membership site owners, which is sort of hilarious, but it's fantastic. Um, he often says that people come for the content, but stay for the community. And that's so true. Um, so if you can build a, like a thriving community where people are building relationships, relying on each other, um, having a positive communal kind of experience, then that's a huge uh, retention tactic. Uh, and then number seven, customer success, which is like a huge buzzword and has been for a few years now. Really, customer success, I think, again, begins with your marketing, but um, we're more specifically talking about leading them along that feature adoption path, um, ongoing engagement tracking even within that, and customer service also specifically. Um, and then number eight is just general management, KPI tracking, how are you taking care of your finances, how are you managing staff members or a VA and things like that. So those are kind of my eight. Uh, essentials for for how to make a business run this kind of business run really smoothly and profitably. So, so what you're saying is you just can't set it and forget it. <laughs> Shocking! No, you cannot get people to just blindly, con you know, continue to pay you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, well, and, and I like how you outlined it all because it's more. It's also more than just creating content every month, which is what kind of people get focused yeah. on. There's so many other elements that go into putting a membership together. Jonathan. Yeah, Amanda, I get a lot of clients um, and uh, also a friend of mine, Chris Badger, of um, CEO of Lift at LMS, he agrees with me. Get a lot of people concentrate on the technology, the, either if they're using WordPress, you know, mm -hmm. what learning management system they're going to use, what membership plugin, or if they're going to use a, a fully um, SaaS solution. But they, get, they spend months and months um, researching the technology. Um, I think they should really concentrate on their niche and building an audience. Is this a pattern that you observe a lot? Uh, we do. the the and uh, Sorry, in system number eight, general management, tech stack also goes within there. But yeah, when people are starting their membership site, they really do agonize over this. And that's, I mean, the technical stuff and the business stuff. Like typically a membership site owner is, um, a hobbyist or they're an expert in something and they're like, why am I doing my day job? I can teach other people how to do this and, you know, make a lot of money, hopefully. 
And, but maybe that the, the technological skills and the business skills are not necessarily there already. So that has to come along. Um, yeah, there's so many options. It's really, really overwhelming at this point um, in, the, in the WordPress world. And again, I'm going to point back to the membership guys for that. If somebody wants like one-on-one help, like we've been helping a lot of people this past year um, switch from a course model or a coaching model to a membership. And so we're going through all the tech 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 stack stuff with them. But if you're looking for a rundown or spreadsheet, um, the membership guys, they have a fantastic spreadsheet and kind of break that down really easily and have a Facebook group as well, um, where that's a huge topic of discussion. But yeah, people do agonize over that and really delay their, um, their launch because they can't figure out their tech stack. But there are resources out there and people willing to help and helpful Facebook groups and things like that. But yeah, that's your 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 podcast is really <laughs> helpful for that as well, obviously. But um, I think people just don't know where to find those resources. So yeah. That's hard. Over to you, Cindy. Um, I want to actually uh, dig in a little bit to your because you mentioned it a couple times. People switching over from a course over to a membership. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of maybe talk about? Um, because I get people when they come to me asking whether they should create a course if they should create a membership. Mm-hmm site and, and, and which should they do? So can you maybe walk us through, you know, what are the considerations? When is one, something a course? When is it a membership? And mm-hmm. when do they switch over if necessary? Mm-hmm. So the businesses we've seen most successfully switch over from a course to a membership model are those who either are looking for the membership to sort of act as a top of funnel resource. So, you know, get people to pay you $49 a month and then upsell them on your coaching services from there. So that's a really popular way to go. So long as the customer lifetime value within the membership exceeds that of the course. But if you have a membership model, you know, you can upsell much more easily because you're interacting with these people within your community on a regular basis. So the community aspect, that's a huge one. I know a lot of courses um, or a number of courses have a community or private Facebook group or Slack group that goes along with a a course cohort. um, and so there's a coach there helping people, but for self-service um, courses, you know, that's kind of a one-off deal. And hopefully if you produce courses in the future, you know, your previous customers will buy from you again. Um, kind of one litmus test that we take people through or ask people to, to ask themselves at the beginning of this kind of process is write a calendar, a content calendar for the next six months or a year. Like just let's go out with a, let's start with a loose outline of, you know, what you're going to do. Um, when you're going to put that out, how that's going to be produced, who's going to help you, and then just kind of go through those eight systems through a checklist of saying, how are you going to cover all of these things? And how is that? how does that look versus what's required of you with the course? So do you have enough content? Do you have the ongoing capability for um, marketing, for instance? Are you able to get these systems in place for marketing, lead nurturing, onboarding, engagement tracking, and things like that? do you want to run a membership site? So helping people understand like what's really required um, as far as content production, ongoing management, customer success, and community management, ongoing marketing efforts, as opposed to um, kind of creating that buildup for a launch and then putting your course out there to the world and hoping that it's purchased. Um, But the course model is still great. People make a lot of, I mean, you know, people make a lot of money off of courses when done well. but there's just so much effort and buildup and stress around course launch. And so um, my uh, one consulting client right now, they put out eight courses in the last either 12 or 18 months and they're just exhausted. Um, They're so tired. And so 
Um, they're going to like a, a, a membership launch model where they only open the doors twice per year. And then they're putting all their courses in the membership and then adding like live Q and A's community, um, some other kind of membership type elements there. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it's, it, 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 I guess it's partially what you want to do as a business owner. How does it fit in your business model? Plus what, what's the content that you have? Is it something that is an ongoing um, you know, resource that people would want to have versus a one-off, you know, information that they want to learn or something like that. Jonathan. Yeah, I think uh, another thing, Amanda, um, I kind of look at the startup world and also the e-commerce world to, and I kind of, some of the models that they have learned the hard way, I think you can apply to membership sites. And one of those is um, in e-commerce is the ability for upsells. And I've, I see a lot of people in membership sites not really utilize what's been learned in the startup and e-commerce that effectively. Mm-hmm. Would you agree on that? Oh, yes. Yeah. And I think that comes back to having kind of some of those business skills are lacking. The ability to maximize the opportunity you've created for yourself is just, it's kind of an unknown. It's just a, kind of a lack of education thing. Um, I think we're getting there as a whole and educating the membership community on multiple memberships tiers, I mean, really simple, basic stuff, like multiple tiers, upselling to an annual, private coaching, um, or a small group mastermind, something like that, or even one-off products. But uh, yeah, that's definitely severely lacking. The vast majority of membership sites have one tier um, and just want to kind of set and forget. But yeah, that's not the way to maximize your revenue if that's what you're looking to do. I suppose it's kind of linked to your when we first started this conversation about when you mentioned the power users, the champions, mm-hmm. um, and modeling um, and finding out what they would really look when it comes to upsells and then learning from that and applying it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, uh, intercom.com, they're fantastic. Um, that's a fantastic app. It's, it's a, a bit complicated for membership sites, but they're, they're so big on sending the right message to the right person at the right time you know, not making a fool of yourself by, again, asking a disengaged person to upgrade to an annual plan, as opposed to sending them a re-engagement sequence and trying to get them back into your site, back into engagement. Um, so yeah, you have to know who those people are and when they're becoming disengaged and learn over time um, how to improve your site and your re-engagement sequence and things like that to preempt that, you know, kind of before it happens. That's great. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast part of the show. Amanda's been gracious and she's going to stay on for some bonus content, which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website and the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Amanda, um, how can people find out more about you, your words of wisdom, and more about Member Up? Yeah, you can go to memberup.co. You can email me, amanda at memberup.co. And then um, obviously you're listening to this podcast, so you probably listen to others. You can find us over at the Member Score podcast. Um, and if we can have a link in the show notes to my ebook on membership marketing, then people can grab that and I'll be in touch with you. I'll definitely do that for you. Um, Cindy, how can people find out more about you, your thoughts and what you're up to? Well, if uh, you're looking to create an online course, I can certainly give you some help with that. You can find me at thecoursewhisperer.com or uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. 
it's great. And we're doing a, a webinar ourselves, me and Cindy. We did our first one last month. It went great. We did make fools of ourselves, or Cindy definitely did make a fool of herself. I'm not sure about me, uh, um, but I don't care. Uh, um, but we're doing another webinar, the seven things you need to know to do that first course. Yes, that first course, that first step in your course uh, and membership domination. But you've got to do the first one. You know, if you don't start off, nothing's going to happen, is it? So we're going to do this webinar. It's free. And we're doing it at the end of this month on Thursday the 28th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, how do you join? Well, it's easy. You go to WP Tonic back, Backspace um, webinar and there will be a sign-up page. You just sign up and you'll be notified and you'll be able to join us live and we will have um, we will have gifts and um, surprises for those that join us live. So you've got to do that. So um, hopefully you'll be able to join us on the 28th. So we'll see you next week, folks, where we're going to have another fantastic guest like Amanda giving you insights how to build that great membership course website. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.